Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 66 of Season 4 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the 1989 Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com when Harry met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me today is Mark from Conair Podcast, from Deep Blue Sea Podcast, from Movies, Flicks, and Films. I got that right, didn't I? Movies, Films, and Flicks. <laughs> Movies, Films, and Flicks. I, I always mix that up. It, you know, but sorry about that. Movies, films, and flicks. Did I do that again wrong again? No, you got it. Okay. MFF. MFF. Well, I knew the. I, I was right about the MFF. I just always confuse the the films and flicks. But other times so. people call it MMF, and I'm like, wait, how? Where's it? MMF. <laughs> what? What do they? What do they call the other M? How's that? I have no idea. <laughs> Movies, movies, uh, muffles, and uh, films. I don't yeah, know. musicals and flicks. There you go. That, that, that could work too. So, welcome back to the show this season, Mark. Thank you very yeah, much for joining me. Back. Yeah, watching a classic. Yes, another classic. Yeah. Well, I I keep picking classics for because I I like talking about them and I want my guests to enjoy talking about them and obviously I want all of. Uh, the people listening out there will, will enjoy what we have to talk about. So why not pick movies that are fun to talk about? You I know? mean, this movie's kind of broken through sort of, and it's, I think it's still around the lexicon. Like I'll have what she's having. Like, I, I feel like it's, it's almost, it, it's kept alive by just being on almost every single list of rom-coms. Like you can't leave this off of a best rom-coms list. Like the life of this. Thing well, that we'll find out been... on Friday. <laughs> what? That we'll find out on Friday when you give me your list. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is like this thing, like it, it's a movie that is kind of, it's like a juggernaut. It's it's a very rare thing where it, it's just like you look at any list of rom-coms and it's on there. Like if it's not on there, maybe the writer's seven because like this is one of the all-timers and it's kind right. of fun to to keep up with. Like it, it's good. And like Rob Reiner's a beast. So it's cool to talk about this. And especially especially in the 80s. I love Rob Reiner's roster of the 80s. You know, you just go year after year. He just has just amazing movies that that, that he did. You know, you Last have The Princess Bride. You have uh, Stand By Me. Sure Not in that order. Sorry. Have, well, The Short Thing isn't in the same – I wouldn't say it's in the same league as some of these others. It's a great movie. But it's not it in the same for league. Me. Okay. At the time yeah. or now? Uh, no, I've always loved John Cusack. He's right. always – he was one of like the sensitive guys who was also kind of a badass who right. like, he was a different lead that I was used to. And I always liked his movies. Like I was always drawn to his films as a kid. So I love that guy. I think okay. summer, I, I like him one too. crazy summer was like my first Cusack experience. Mm, okay. I, I always loved better off dead. That was, that was one of my favorite $2. <laughs> Where's my $2. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, but again, you have so fine. Let's put that in there. You have the sure thing. You have uh, Stand by Me. You have The Princess Bride. You have this movie. You have, um, I mean, pretty soon we're gonna have the Misery and uh, A Few Good Men. I mean, these just the movies that he did in the in the the mid to late eighties and early to mid nineties. It, it's just amazing. And then you look at what he did after that, and he did never reach that same level again. You know, which is unfortunate because no. I know he had the potential to do it. I just think between if you take out North in 94, he had a 11 year run of just wildly strong movies. Yeah, it's kind of wild. And like Stone Cold classics, too. Like not not just, you know, when people talk about 
you know, the greats. I don't think Rob Reiner comes up that much. I really don't. Someone go. I don't. How many times when people are talking about great directors, do you go? Yeah, Rob Reiner. Right. Because like, at least who had the best run? I feel like Rob Reiner rarely ever comes up, but he has to. Like Spinal, like let's just, you know, sure, leave Sp- sure thing out, but Spinal Tap, Stand By Me, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally. Like Kathy Bates wins an Oscar for Misery. A Few Good Men is so quotable. It's, what a yeah. run. Jeez mm-hmm. Louise. See, it's hard to keep that run up, though. Like that's, that's tough. That's that's like an elite run, and to be expected to sort of recreate that, yeah. That's well, do you, do you think do you think he he burned out after that? Is is that what we think happened here, or just I mean, he wasn't being given uh, enough good material to do, to, uh, to work with? I mean, like Spinal Tap, right? I think that just he had guests, he had those excellent that excellent crew of the Spinal Tap crew. He had that improv style; it was perfection. And then Stand By Me, he was working with just a great script. He had a wonderful script on that. Princess Bride, I mean, what a script there to work with. When Harry Met Sally, what Nora Ephron destroyed this. And the, the chemistry between Crystal and Meg Ryan was just so palpable. And then right. Misery, you get, you get Kathy Bates and Jack Nicholson back-to-back in Misery and A Few Good Men. And then, you know, American Present, too, was great. But, like, I, I just think after that, you just... Like the story of us, Alex and Emma, rumor has it, like the bucket list. I just think it's hard to, like, it's, it's just hard to keep that level up. Like you're not going to be a basketball player who scores 50 points every game. Right. Like that just doesn't happen. And he did that for about a decade. That's right. That's what I'm saying. He did it for a decade. And then after that, you know, there are a lot of directors or there there are a lot of people in, in some industry, it doesn't matter what, where at a certain point you just say, okay, I'm done. You know, I'm not going to be able to reach the same level I've reached before, so that's it. And, you know, we don't have that with him here. Do you think, I mean, listen, he was so hot at the time. He was getting everybody. And I think after a while, he just sort of, you know, you just keep directing. Like, he, I don't know. I don't think that he, I mean, how long can you even have that spark? Like, how how long can you even, like, that's really tough. So, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's still around. He's still doing fine, but I mean, well, you, yeah, just, you find him on Twitter a lot. That's where you find him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, the bucket list. I mean, that was fun. I don't. You, it was fun, but again, it's not in the same league. No, but I I just don't think many directors have that league for that long. Like Spielberg had a great run, but he's had a few not so solid films. Correct. But then he'll rebound. I just think he hasn't had that rebound yet. And then maybe that forces you to try a little bit harder or take projects you don't exactly want. And right. then, okay. yeah. that's possible. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, I, I don't think it will ever hear from him, but I, I just, I just appreciate his eighties run because he made some classics. Oh, for sure. And and the thing I love about that, that run is if you look at every single one of them, they're, they're, he's jumping around the genres, you know, he's not staying in any particular place. You know, he's doing yeah. fantasy, he's doing comedy, he's doing uh, coming-of-age stories, he's doing a rom-com here, he does he does Misery, which you can call it a thriller, you can call it a horror movie. I mean, I wouldn't even call it a horror movie. I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a thriller. thriller. It's a thriller, for sure. Um, a Few Good Men, also, it's a, it's a courtroom drama that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, like, every one of these things is completely different. And then, you know, you, you mentioned that he basically caps it off with the American president, again, that's that that was the beginning uh of of sorkin's idea of moving on to the west wing you know mm-hmm. again he worked with sorkin also on a few good men 
but you know, I don't know. It's it's just it's great just looking at the, the this run that he did. So wow, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it really is. Sorkin, he had a Sorkin script too. Yeah, jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah, two Sorkin Rob scripts. Ryan. That's the thing. Wow. You know, and he's also an actor too. Maybe well, he was no, he was he was more of an actor in the seventies. Yeah, you know, he had he's had cameo roles or small little roles. I mean, even in Sleepless in Seattle, he had a small role. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't that he was one of the main characters there. Hundred eighty-four episodes of All in the Family. Yeah, that, that's syndication money right there for sure. And he's I mean, he also he, he won a few Emmys for that. So I'm, I'm trying to remember how many. I think he won like two or three Emmys for for playing. Uh, Mike uh, Stickus Stickus uh, I don't remember his last name. I know it's a movie, but they should have taken his way away his Emmy for North. <laughs> I remember watching that movie and going, hmm. I was like twelve. Like when you're twelve, you don't really dislike many movies. I watched that, and went something's not right here. Well, I, the, the thing with like, North is, I, I'm also I'm not a fan of it, but I do think it's a it was a great idea that just didn't work. That's what it comes down to. You know, the idea of, okay, having a kid wanting to divorce his parents and trying to find a new set of parents, you know, and, and, you know, they, they did some clever things there by, you know, having him, you know, be partially the, you know, to try out to be the child of all these different, you know, people that you wouldn't have expected. And some of them are some great cameos. I mean, that movie, the my favorite cameo in that movie is, um, you know, we have him, we have North sitting with uh, Kelly McGillis and uh, Andrew Goodenough. You know, it's yeah. straight out of witness. You know, they just put him there. <laughs> you know, is he? Oh, is that really? Oh, that's funny. I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, he, he they put him in an Amish town, and he, those are his parents. You know, for where oh, he tries them out, which uh, you know he he doesn't look that different from Lucas Haas, so I guess that sort of makes sense. You know, to try and place him there. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, so Seinfeld parents. Yeah, exactly. His parents were Jason Alexander and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Nice. Do yeah. you think Julia Louis Dreyfus could get baby talk across? I don't think so. Games. <laughs> not, not to Jess. No. No. <laughs> baby fish mouth. Maybe. It's taken over. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we've, love we've we've mentioned this numerous times uh, over the last few few months that we've been doing this that. A lot of the things that happen in this movie, you, you can think of them as, as Seinfeldian. Yeah, and and this is pre Seinfeld, which is which is what's great about it. You know, Seinfeld came out. Um, I think that the, the pilot came out like a month and a half before this movie debuted. Meaning, you know, they're they're I guess you can call them contemporaries. Yeah, I mean, if you think about like friends, can they be, can men and women be friends? That seems like a bat from Seinfeld. Well, there's like there's there's, there's an episode which deals with that, you know. Yeah. You know, and oh, also like, there's oh, an yeah, episode dealing with faking orgasms. Same thing. Yeah. Oh wow. Can I have what she's? Yeah. So I mean, that, that makes sense. And like, yeah. No. No. And, and, and ninety-five minutes, by the way, it's amazing. Yeah, that's right. It really is. So back with what I was saying before about uh, Rob Reiner. So he was nominated five times for an Emmy for playing Michael Stivic in All in mm. the Family, and he won twice. He won in 1974 and 1978. Jeez, please, Rob Reiner. Yeah. Does he have an Oscar? He Nope. He was only nominated once for an Oscar, 
for Best Picture for A Few Good Men. He was a producer. You know, he How was, do you watch The Princess Bride and not give somebody a nomination? Well, it's a comedy, fantasy comedy, so there of course go. that won't get it. That's, that's, that's what it comes down to. Do people not know tone? Like, do you not watch these movies? And well, this one got a nomination, a writing nomination. But do you know, watch some like uh, these fantasy movies or horror movies, and be like the director nailed this. Like, they're just completely shut out, and it's annoying. He should have gotten a nomination for Princess Bride, because that's you're probably right. Imagine but, being on that set. Like, will this work? Like, you got to really commit to the tone and the earnestness, and that came from him. Right, but it's also you know, it's easy to look back and in hindsight after 30 something years say, okay, you know, maybe they should have uh, given a little more credit to the work, you know, that they did here in the Oscars, but we all know how the Oscars work. Yeah. No, you know? it's, it's stupid to complain about the Oscars actually, cause it's pointless. <laughs> it's pointless every year. And then I do it every year. I had to research every single award winner and every nominee. Right. Well, like the Princess Bride, down... the Princess Bride was was nominated for one Oscar for Best Original Squ- Song for Storybook Love. <laughs> Jeez. It, it happens to be a great a great song, but you know that oh, year yeah. in 1987 there was no way that 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 was going to win. Andre the Giant should have been nominated. <laughs> Just yeah. imagine him at the Oscars, laying yeah. flat on the floor with 30 bottles of wine. <laughs> Do, 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 you know, do you know what movie won for best song that year in 1987? Can you give it? 1987. A... Footloose. No, that was 84. 84. Uh, I don't know. What Dirty was? Dancing. I've had a time in my life. Oh, so yeah. Nothing, nothing was going to be that. That's right. That's, no. There's no way that even Storybook Love. Storybook Love is a great song. Uh, a friend of mine, actually, they, they, uh, his, he had his wife, walk, his wife walked down the aisle to that song. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that should have only been one movie that you're nominated because it would have been pointless to nominate the other five. Yeah. Just nominate one. Exactly. I, I actually saw something that. really funny this week, and I'll if I remember, I'll post it in in the in in the forum. Uh, someone someone sent <laughs> someone did I think it was on Instagram, but they they sent it to me that you they they have them singing the final song in Dirty Dancing to the music from the Muppets from the Muppet Show. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll send it to you, and then I'll, I'll try to remember to post it because it, right. it was just really, really funny because it nice. worked. It really does. You know? Hey, so quick question for you. Uh, how have you found talking about this movie so far? Like, how's it been, these episodes? Because uh, I, I, I guess it's probably been a lot of fun, but you can just kind of key in on certain moments, right? Like, because – like like planes, trains and automobiles, you had crashes and frustration and like F bombs and screaming and, and you know, all that stuff. Great escape. You could rely on like the tension and, and like that, like what's this been like for you talking about? Has it been pretty easy going? It's been easy. It's been really easy going. It's so much fun talking about this. I mean, yes, it is. It's so far the most dialogue heavy, a dialogue rich, sorry, let me rephrase that dialogue rich uh, movie that I've done. But it's been a lot of fun because we've been able to to pick apart, you know, the dialogue, pick apart the 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 concepts, the different things that they talk about here. But uh, yeah, it, do you it, do you drink coffee late at night? I don't drink coffee at all. Oh, I'm not a coffee. Do you drink drinker. tea late at night? I don't drink tea. Either. <laughs> I drink. Do you drink? I, I I drink cold drinks, and I, I mostly I'm drinking either seltzer or coke. 
Those are the only oh, two things I it. really drink. Would you do coke late at night? I, that that would, if someone listening to that out of context would not work at all, and it would you know would I drink co- coke co- at night? Coca Cola. Uh, like, do you do yeah. nighttime caffe- caffeinated drinks? Nah, not generally not. Generally, they asked Billy Crystal in the scene asked for like jet fuel, industrial strength. Yeah. No, Meg Ryan does. No, no, no. He does. He does. He does. He does. Yeah. That's that's a bold move. Yeah. So I'll do an espresso. So let's let's just go through this minute and we'll we'll, we'll and we'll, we'll we'll pick it apart. All right? All right. So minute sixty six begins with Harry and Jess playfully arguing, and ends with Sally showing her jealousy. So yeah. Yeah, we ended things on Friday. They were in the middle of a game, and we, uh, you know, my my guest Tierney, Tierney and I had a little bit of a, a discussion as to what game they're playing. Because in the script, it said they were playing win, lose, or draw, but it looked to us that they were playing Pictionary. But actually, in this minute, we get to see that they are actually playing win, lose, or draw. They actually have a uh, a box with the game that you can see on the table with what they're doing. Yeah, I saw that box. Yeah. So Harry and and Jess are still arguing about the fact that, you know, that they, they lost or they lost that round. Let's put it that way. And Jess just starts off by saying that's not a saying when they talk about they're talking uh, to remind anyone everyone talking about baby talk. And then Harry turns to him and says, "Oh, but baby Fishmouth is sweeping the nation." Yeah, that's a, I hear this on fire in this movie. Yeah, he is just on fire. I completely agree with you on that. And then we we get Gary, who's the scorekeeper, who finally uh, gets to say something here. And he goes, final score, our team 110, you guys 60, which means that their team is much better. I mean, that, that's a 50-point difference. It means that the, the team of Jess, Alice, Harry, and Sally just does not work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to be split up. Not at all. You, you'd, think that, you'd think that having good friends together would help, but it doesn't. And she, Well, she's super organized, Sally. So maybe drawing things and being improving in the moment is tough because all of her stuff is alphabetized, like all of her discs and video cassettes. So I wonder if being put on the spot and forced to do something that you can't really control would be annoying. Right. If that Could makes be. sense. That, that makes sense. I, I do. I do realize what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, and then Harry, Harry starts screaming, fixed, definitely fixed. And then someone screams, just pathetic. And then Sally mm-hmm. just, you know, gives up and says, I can't draw. And Julian walks over to her and says, no, that's a baby. And it's clearly talking. You're wonderful. And then we, I mean, I love the fact that, that they do this often in the movie, that we're in the middle of conversations. You know, they don't, they don't feel that every conversation we need to be in the center of the conversation. You know, we can hear things that are mm-hmm. happening in the background. You know, even with, we have a group of, of eight people in the room. And at least seven of them are talking because uh, em- Emily is the one who doesn't really say very much here. And, yeah. you know, Julian at least has a little bit to say. He was also the timekeeper last week with what we, we saw. Also. And then Marie interjects and says, all right, who wants coffee? And Jess says, I do. And I love you, hmm. which is <laughs> which is a very interesting for him to think for him to say. You know, I wonder if that's within the context of the fact that he just lost. Or not. 
I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just nice. Who wants coffee? I do. Because they're rel- they've been relatively they're not newly wed. Like they, well, they they're not married yet. For they're not married yet. Yeah. But they're Yeah, so they like they they're not that. So I mean, yeah, he's probably hey, you want coffee? Heck yeah. Thank you. Like he's probably just super into her being schmoopy. Could be. Could be. And then uh Alice asks, Do you have any tea? No. And but, yeah. So this this is you made a good point about people talking over each other. You think about the Goonies, right? Where the kids are just that's a Donner film, but when the kids are just all over each other, that plays really well. Yes. But then I've seen other movies when they try to pull off conversations with groups, and I hate it. Like it just feels so off when they're trying to like it's like eight actors who just met that day and then they're all trying to act like they have chemistry that hurts sometimes. So I think they did a good job of this one of kind of making it seem natural because everyone seems very comfortable together. I I think that's the, I think that's the goal here, you know, to to make it seem as if all of them, you know, are, are, you know, this isn't the first time that they're all together, but again, we have Julian and, and Emily that everyone's telling us that this is the first time we're meeting them. You know, they're, they haven't really been around before, you know, but everyone else, I mean, even Alice and Gary are, 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 are part of the crowd, I guess you can say. Yeah. You know, and then that guy's like, yeah, you did a great, yeah. I mean, that did not look like a baby, but I guess that guy's got a, Joe's got a kind of, well, we, like Julian, but Julian. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess he's got to be nice about it. Of course. Wouldn't, no, wouldn't you be nice if you were out on a date and that's, you know, if you were dating someone and, and she drew something like that, you wouldn't say that's crap. <laughs> you cost us the win. There you go. <laughs> I think that would cost someone their, their relationship by doing that. But it does do a good job too of like, she sees him and he sees her kissing Julian. Then she sees him kissing why do I why is her Emily name Emily 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 and and yeah, it and like, seems they both kind of have that jealous and yes they do that like, really they well really do a great job of lighting Meg Ryan in that scene because she she just looks I'm trying to think of a word like effervescent in that scene just the way they light her yes on that like it's really well shot warm moments but yeah I mean they do a good job of sort of creating that that sort of like it's a breadcrumb I guess that pays on pays later on well yeah in, in about six minutes but yeah, I mean it's a it's a well shot scene. And then we we have the the point where Harry does ask for industrial strength, you know. So this goes back to what you were saying before about the caffeine, you know. Which I, I first of all I don't I I presume that it's not that late right now. This is probably like around I don't know I would say about nine o'clock. That would be my guess for it right now. I don't think these people hmm. are going and playing board games, you know, at someone's house till eleven twelve o'clock at night. Got it. You know, it looks like, it looks somewhat also like a housewarming party. Yeah, because he said he liked to call it the den. Right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we know they just moved in not long ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and and they I, got that place decorated quickly. That's what I was I was going I was going to point that out because if you can you look in the, in one of the scenes you see a shot of Marie and you see all these like pictures of really really old pictures on the wall, you know, like like uh, you know. Uh, like maybe it's it's her grandparents or great grandparents or things like that. You know, you have all the pictures in black and white sitting there, and they're all nicely set up. I mean, the person who did the the production design here did a great job of of decorating this apartment because yeah, it doesn't annoy me. It's not overdone, right? 
And it, it looks good. And we see the difference between when we were there uh, last week and two weeks ago and what we see now. You know, now it seems as if it's something that has already, you know, been been fleshed out. You know, it's there. That's home. too fast. That's too fast. Yeah, it could be. Could be. I'm just saying it. Very warm in there. Nice, nice. I like the lighting. Nice. Yeah. Very warm. <laughs> and then Sally offers to help uh, to help Marie with with the the drinks. So she goes, "I'll help you." And it, it's really funny because if you look at it, she's basically using that as an excuse to leave the room. Yeah. You know that's what it comes down to. And then and then uh, you know we have someone scream decaf, yeah. And then Alice says cream. And then we we finally get Emily to say something, and Emily goes, "Where's the bathroom? You, you know who plays Emily, right?" Uh, I had her name pulled up here. Just a second. No, uh, I had a, I had IMDb all set up, but then I clicked on Rob Reiner. All right. Well, who does play Emily? Well, Rob Reiner's daughter, Tracy Reiner. Oh. Who was who was also nepotism. in? That's right. Who was also in last season's? Uh, show she she was in she was in die hard also she had a small little part there oh wow and she was all in league of their own of course that's Teddy right horn of course ah. right oh nice <laughs> and then she was in the royal the princess diaries too i just watched i just had to watch that movie oh wow and she's in princess diaries i had to watch every movie with chris pratt chris evans chris pine and chris hemsworth that was a lot of work. You had to rewatch all of them. So you rewatched all the Marvel movies with Thor and you watched the Star all, Trek all movies. Every one of them. Wow. Every single one of them. Wow, wow. I mean, I've seen them all. That that's not but you know, to to skip around like that, you know, is uh, <sighs> Yeah, I mean wow. Chris Chris Pine's the best. Yes. I, I really like Chris Pine. My problem with him with watching him in movies now is is to me he's now Kirk. You know, anything it doesn't matter where he is, he can be a Wonder Woman, and I'm trying to figure out why you know, Kirk is in Wonder Woman. You know that that type of thing. He's to me, he's been typecast. I I try and watch he him in Jack Ryan. Character, so that's right. Oh, yeah. Ugh, I, I try and watch him as Jack Ryan, and I'm like, what is Captain Kirk doing? You know, as a spy in Russia. You know, it just doesn't doesn't work for me. Watch. Have you seen him in Smoky Naces? Yes. Yeah, he has the most range. Yes. Evan does. Uh, Evan's the best crier. I like Evan. I don't like his eating. I don't like Pine's eating on screen. Evans has better eating. <laughs> I do not like watching Chris Pine eat on screen. It's really bad. Really bad. Just letting you know for future things. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. And uh, listen, I got to say, like, you know, as, as much as he embodies Kirk, like he comes as almost like a fully fleshed out character. I know Billy Crystal's really good in this, but Meg Ryan, like she had done some work before this, but. This role, though, she really does inhabit it. Like she, like she's like a fully fleshed out character in this movie. I dig her a lot. Like she embodies this character. Yeah, and as this, Sally. This is what this was her breakout role. Yeah, and but like I think that's kind of I think that is good and bad for her because you look at the rest of her IMDb and you look at her best movies. There's just a lot of romantic comedies. Right. She got so typecast, and I don't. I, I think she probably didn't recapture the magic of this because this is just such a good film. Right. It's, it kind of sucks. Like she had been in, obviously been in movies before this Top Gun, uh, Joe versus Volcano, but geez Louise. Yeah. This one, yeah. And it's not as saccharine as the Tom Hanks ones. The Tom Hanks ones are so saccharine. They're still good, but this is, yeah, this, it's, this, this feels more realistic. 
Yeah, and, and like the way they interact and the way that time goes mm-hmm. and like just uh, but yeah, those oh man, like you got mail. Man. <laughs> they have chemistry. But Jesus is. And and, I, and she, I, she's not like stalking anybody. I've said this before. No one I, I if anyone would have asked me in the mid to almost late 80s, you know, if I would think that Her- that uh, Billy Crystal would be good in a rom-com, you know, I would definitely say no. You know, I never would have expected him to be in, a, you know, be the the male in a rom-com. Yeah. And he, I mean, he did it. He, he did it. Wonderful. I mean, I don't see how it could be. Like, it's probably not that hard for him, though. I mean, just Meg Ryan was like, just act like they said as soon as she walked in the room, he knew. Right. Correct. So, and also the writing on this also really carries the day. And it does his shtick really well. There's a lot of shtick from him in this movie, but and and if I feel have, like that's the character. have you listened to the commentary of of this uh, of this movie by any chance? I, I have not. Okay, no. so there's a commentary with Billy Crystal, Rob Reiner, and Nora Ephron, which is so much fun to listen to because oh, like the that. three of them are having a blast, and they all say, "Oh, this was your idea. That was your idea." You know, you're the one who who suggested this. You're the one who ad libbed this. You know, things like that, and it's just a, a, really interesting to, uh, to listen to. Uh, a little bit later in the week, we'll, we'll have a few points to to bring up that were mentioned in the commentary about things in in this week. And and then basically we have a shot of Jess walking back over to the picture of the baby talk, baby talk and looks at it and goes, "Never looked like a baby to me." <laughs> no, not at all. They go, "Which part? <laughs> all of it." <laughs> And then Harry decides to change the uh, conversation a little bit and goes, hey, Jess, you're going to show me the cover of your book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the den. And then he looks over to Julian and goes, look, Julian, help yourself. Have some more wine, whatever you like, okay? And he goes, I like saying it's in the den. It's got a nice ring to it. And then they, like, start walking off towards a different area. And, I mean, we'll... <laughs> it's funny because you can see that the den is just another section of that same room. You know, it's not its own mm-hmm. room. <laughs> it, well, I mean, there is there is kind of like an enclosed walkway that sort gives of. it a vibe. Okay, whatever. We'll we'll get day. a little more into that tomorrow because yeah. because I have things to say about that because it's something that that is a little surprising, but whatever. And then the shot changes and we get a quick shot in the kitchen with uh, Sally and Marie, and you know, they're Marie starting to to make the the hot order drinks or that the people uh, asked for. And then Sally looks over to her and goes, Emily's a little young for Harry, don't you think? And you can oh, you can man. hear the jealousy in her voice as she's doing that. Carrie Fisher must be, the character must be so annoyed. Just like, ugh. Just get it over, you two. We have to hear about this for years. Yeah. I mean, she she is years. she is her best friend. So, you know, you you do you you are more willing to um, to dismiss faults in some of some of your best friends, so maybe you know she knows Sally well enough that it doesn't bother her anymore. Maybe, maybe she just enjoys it hearing all the hot goss or hearing her complain about it. Maybe it gives her something to do. Could be. I mean, Jess is always writing, right? Well, you remember up until four months ago, you know, when she was with with Arthur the whole time, and she was talking about she was the one annoying Sally by talking about Arthur. Yeah, you know he's All he's right. never gonna leave his wife. <laughs> I know, I, I know. It's a nice give right. and take. 
Well, that yeah. that's what that's what good friendship. That's what great friendships are. It's the give and take. You know, you can't have everything in a friendship that's going to be perfect the entire time. Well, I'm not saying you need to, but just hearing about them on or off for about ten years. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Come on, guys. Come on. All right, I, I'll give that. Get one over to you. yourself. I'll give it to you. Give it to you. <laughs> yeah. So, do you, do you have anything else uh, you you uh, want to say about this minute before we get into the script? I'm just, no, let's get into the script. All right, baby fish mouth. That's right. So the script here. I mean, we mentioned last week that that almost this entire scene was pretty much ad libbed by by everyone as to how they would you know all the different things that they threw out and stuff like that. So ba- baby fish mouth was in the script. You know, I, I think I think he gave them a little bit of guidance, but a lot of things they they threw out last week in their guesses were just random things or whatever. But in today's uh, part of the script, there's only one minor change, where Julian says to Sally, "That was a lot of fun," and then she goes, "I thought you did great, hun." And they they don't have the whole part where, you know, where he's explaining to her, you know, that that's a baby and it's clearly talking. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I think it works better the way that they they actually did the final episode, the, the final part of this. I think that works the, better. The, like, the, the way that they did it. Well, yeah, because you get the kiss, you get the kind of schmoopy vibes, and then that allows Billy Crystal to get annoyed. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You know, and, and, also, and also we, we get the idea that, that you know, Julian is thoughtfully trying to uh, comfort Sally. You know, that she's not she's not that much of an idiot. That's what he's basically saying. That was a wild drawing, though. But good job. He did a good job. He did a good boyfriend job. Yeah, I think so. I I, I would agree with you on that. Um, Actually, there's, there's one of the things I, I forgot to mention about the uh, when we were talking about this minute. So the last line in the minute was where Sally says, you know, Emily's a little young for Harry, don't you think? Now, do you know how, the age difference between uh, Billy Crystal and Tracy Reiner and the age difference oh. between Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan? I, um, 7 and 9. Okay, so Billy Crystal was born in 1948. Oh, geez Louise. So wait, this, so he's 41 in this movie. He is well, he the actor is forty nine. Yes, yeah. His so character in the movie. His character is meant to be thirty five, thirty six. Oh, okay. And she's thirty two. And she's thirty two later on. Exactly. No, so he's so therefore he's thirty seven. Sorry, he's he's five oh, years okay. older than 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 uh, Sally. Because she was going to school when they met, and he was going for a job. No, they were both in school. She was going to journalism school, right? No, she she had just finished her BA, and he had finished law school. Got it. But she moved there for journalism. She moved to New York for journalism. He was moving yeah. to start working, yes, yeah. as a lawyer, you know, who eventually went into political consulting. And then how old is... Okay, so Meg Ryan was born in 1961, okay, which means that there is a 13-year difference between um, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Okay. Not bad. Now, Trace... For 89 standards, that's not bad. Correct. Correct. Now, the irony of this whole thing is, is that you know, he's basically dating uh, Rob Reiner, who is one of uh, Billy Crystal's best friends. He's dating his one of his best friends' daughter. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. So that that already says something about, uh, you know, about the age difference here. 
I mean, Rob Reiner was, just... was born in 1947. Wow. Oh. Okay. So there is only a year difference between Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal. Now, Tracy Reiner is not his biological daughter. I was going to say, because he would have had her at 17. That's right, because she was born in 64. Okay. Yeah. But the fact is, is there's still, you know, a was a 16 year difference between Harry and and Emily theoretically again between the the the, the actors so if Harry is 37 and there's a 16 year difference between them she's only 21 so obviously she's not she needs to be a little bit older here mm -hmm. so she has an empire yes she does but we'll we'll talk about that empire tomorrow so, yeah. All right. So every Monday we have a segment called Mega Ryan Monday, where my guests will give their top five Mega Ryan movies. Oh, goodness. So, Mark, why don't you give us your top five Mega Ryan movies, starting from number five and working your way up. Okay. So my fifth favorite to my first favorite. Yes. Is that is that it? All right. Oh, goodness. I was looking at this earlier, and this was tough. She's so good. She's been in so many good movies here. All right. So I, I guess number five, City of Angels. Got to do that. I just think. Well, of course you do. Cage, you, 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 for you, it's with Cage. Anything with Cage, you yeah. have to put it in there. So I'll do that. I'll put her there. I mean, I, I mean, oh, Inner Space is four. I, I love that movie. I did an episode of that for movies, Sons and Flicks. Really like her in that movie. Number three. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember thinking IQ was kind of fun. So I'm going to do that. I'm not going to talk about Courage Under Fire, her Oscar movie. I know she went out big for that one. And then two, I'm going to do Kate and Leopold because I think her and Jackman are really good together. And number one is When Harry Met Sally. When Sally met, when Harry Met Sally is number one. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Okay. That is a fair list. Great. Thank you. And I left out the Tom Hanks ones. because On purpose? <laughs> no, I just... I watch them and I'm like, oh, it's just not the real. Like, it just doesn't work. They don't work for me. They don't do it. I want some time travel. Actually, I like. I, I let's see. Inner space. You get shrunk. IQ has you know like a little period piece, and then city. I, I picked a lot of her sci-fi, like not sci-fi, but like fantasy. Mm -hmm. Three out of the five are fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. That's a great. Maybe I like her genre work. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I I didn't quite understand your comment before about Cards of the Fire, why you didn't want to put it on the list, if it was her it's Oscar. It's Oscar movie. Like, I don't like it when people do Oscar movies. Well, did you like, like the movie, though? Is, I'm going to win an Oscar. What? Did you like the movie, though? It's fine. Okay. I've seen it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I haven't thought about it since the 90s. I kind of went with movies I actually think about. Ah, okay, that's fair. Just completely fair. And Anastasia's good, but that's a voice. Yeah. I remember watching Addicted to Love and just feeling really bad for her. I was like, this movie's not very good. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to feel... When you're starting to feel bad for Meg Ryan, something's wrong. <laughs> she has some bangers, though. She needs to be respected. And Joe versus Volcano is good, too. You know what? I'm going to take out... I'm going to take out IQ and add Joe versus Volcano. Where? In that spot, three. number three? Yeah. So then I have four out of the five are kind of kind of twisty, turny, fantasy, cheeky movies. So I like your genre stuff. Okay. That definitely is. Genre, Ryan. I'll take that. <laughs> All right. Great. So, Mark, you want to tell people where they can find uh, Mark Hoffmeyer? 
Yeah, Movie Stones of Flicks, Movie Stones on FLX. You can listen to the podcast or head to the website, check us out on social, Conair the podcast, Deep Blue Sea the podcast. Yeah, just listen to those. They're wonderful. They'll change your life. All right. And finding these very simple, just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminutes.com. Until tomorrow, I'll have what she's having. I'll have what she's having. Gave me a thrill with all your faults. I love you still, it had to be you, wonderful you, had to be you.